there's a event. I think there's actually this in in Australia too called Fuck Ups. I don't know if you guys have that. Fuck up nights. Yeah, yeah, fuck up, up nights. Night. Yeah, okay. So you guys have it. It's yeah. it's international and they embrace failure. All right, welcome everybody to the Founders Corner. Today's episode, I have a very special guest all the way from Australia who is actually both a founder herself and also a writer, a book that I will ex- uh, explain what it is in a minute. Her name is Sangita Mulchanani, and she is the founder of Jumpstart Studio, which she helps and guides startups to make sure they go from idea to success. I know very similar to what we're doing. That's why I love having her on this podcast. And also she is the writer of Start Right, which is basically her guide to make sure you choose the right business path and be able to start your project and company correctly from the start. Sangeeta, welcome. I'm very excited to have you on here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, Sangeeta, look, I want your story because you've been doing this for about four years now. I'm sure you've seen plenty of startups go through uh, your door. Tell me how you got started. Why are you doing this? What excites you? Yeah, great question. So um, look, I love working with startups. I think it's an itch, right? Entrepreneurship is an itch. Just you've got to scratch it. Um, And so I spent a majority of my 20s and early 30s working for corporates, for large corporates Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, doing extremely well for myself. Uh, But I got to a point in life where I I just wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy and I just needed to find more purpose in life. Um, I thought starting my own businesses would be something that would give me that purpose. Um, And so in 2019, you had the itch. Yes. Oh, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Look, I come from a business family. I come, my, both my parents are entrepreneurs. My grandparents are entrepreneurs. Oh, I love so, that. you know, yeah. I've been raised, uh, in a family where I've, I've watched entrepreneurship really closely. I've worked with them, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've, you know, I've, I've priced, you know, products, I've, mm-hmm. uh, sold products. I've learned how to do sales. I've learned how to manage, you know, uh, you know, stores and, you know, things like that. So. Yeah. I think entrepreneurship is in in the blood, if you like. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I chose to do the corporate career path. Um, And I always knew at some point I would come back. I would always do something of my own. Um, And so in 2019, I decided that was the time um, just before the pandemic. And we didn't know the pandemic was coming. But, um, you know, I started off. I built a travel business, which failed miserably. First business. That's uh, Um, that's when you learn the most, to be honest with you. Oh, I always say that I had two businesses. I had one successful and one failure. I learned a hundred times more on my failure than I did from the from the winner. Yeah. So I'm, I think you're you're more seasoned because you failed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, you know, coming from a corporate background, it's not easy to fail when no. you're used to succeeding no. all the time. Um, and especially for someone like me, I'm a high achiever. I love succeeding. Um, so for me, that first failure was a very interesting uh, learning it hits it's, it, it's a little more personal isn't it when yeah. you oh. when you fail as a high achiever you um you immediately think the worst of yourself um and yeah. it becomes a battle internally rather than a battle oh. externally yeah 100 percent. Can, can i stick to yeah. that point for one second a lot of people are like you know it's the culture it's the culture that you have to succeed you have to hit a home run right off the bat there's a like events. I think there's actually this in uh, in Australia too called fuck ups. I don't know if you guys have fuck that. Nights. Yeah, yeah, fuck, fuck up nights. nights. Yeah, okay. So you guys have it. It's yeah. it's international and they embrace failure. Like that's their biggest quote. We have it yeah. here as well. And uh, you know, yeah. I love that. Like you should be embracing failure 
as, as an entrepreneur, because that's when you learn the most and that's what really progresses you as a career. So how much do you think has an impact from, from like for you and I, I I agree with you. I'm the same with you as you. If Mm -hmm. I fail, I feel failure like internally. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that's like a, that's like a cultural thing or what do you, what do you think? Like, is it just what society kind of tells us? Yeah, I think there's a lot of external pressure to succeed, right? Like, especially in our early 20s and 30s, we don't really define success for ourselves. We let other people define success for us. True, very Um, true. And and then we stick to that as our frame of success. Um, And I think over the the last four years, one of my biggest learnings, you know, and I've started multiple businesses. Mm -hmm. I've failed at multiple businesses in the last four years. Um, And one of the things that I've learned is failure is not failure until you term it so right so it, yeah. if you see it as if you see it as a learning okay yeah i tried this it didn't work out rather than saying i tried this and i failed um i think that that's a big psychological switch as well like saying mm-hmm. okay i want to try this but being ready that if you're trying something new there are chances that you may not succeed i think yep. that preparation mentally is so important and so for me in my in my book i talk about this as well um when i say you know um learn be ready to fail, but learn how to fail. Like yes. you've got to learn how to fail as well, because you've got to prepare yourself, like do things deliberately that you know you will fail at, right? Yeah. And that sort of starts changing your psyche because let's say you're shit at baking food, right? Yeah. Or baking something. So try it, go bake a cake and you know fail at it and then laugh at yourself about it, right? So the more you learn to laugh at yourself and not take yourself too seriously, I think that becomes a good habit it becomes a, a culture that you develop for yourself around you know failing. and and one thing i always tell people is like taking on risk is okay because that is what entrepreneurs yeah. do at all times i again I, i've said it a hundred times on this podcast i'll say it again uh being an entrepreneur is like jumping off of a cliff with all the plane parts and you just yeah. kind of have to learn to assemble it without any instructions right yeah but i also very much mention hope is not a strategy either you can't just yes. uh, make hope your strategy and like kind of, you know, throw yeah. it has to be calculated risks. Uh, that's kind of like yeah. how I stick to it. Yeah, 100 percent. I love calculated risks as well. And that's yeah. stuff I talk about in the book, too, is, you know, understanding your financial runways, understanding, you know, how you're getting oh, yeah. there, because <laughs> the two biggest things, there's this statistic out there about 90 percent of startups fail. Right. Yep. And I think that is another thing that scares people about starting businesses or starting or, or you know, giving it a go is, oh, 90 percent fail anyway. So, you know, the thing yeah. is, that you should understand why those 90 percent fail. And those not the top reason that the 90 percent top two reasons, one is around financial mismanagement. Yeah. But the biggest, biggest is around people building things that other people don't want. Yeah. Um, and once and once you <laughs> and once you know that these two are the biggest reasons, yeah. um, it's very easy then for you to strategize around them, right? And mm-hmm. do something better. Like you don't have to fall in those buckets. I love that. Like what you just said is bang on because here's why. We're in software, right? So we do software specific, like we love software. Yeah. And we always tell our clients, first of all, 70% of startups in software world fail, not because of financial, not because of anything other than product. So I love yes. that you you mentioned product because we always tell our clients, we're like, look, you don't know, don't perfect your product. There's nothing, you don't know anything. You think yeah. you know stuff right now. You're going to, you're going to come to us in six months and say, I'm, I need to pivot. Go out with the most basic, start trying to sell it. Once you start selling it, 
you'll get the feedback. You'll understand what the biggest concern is, and then you can start working towards it. But I, yeah. I couldn't agree more with you. I love that statement. And financial, 100%. It's financial. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. burn all their cash on the product, and then they have no no money uh -huh. for runway. They have no money for product yeah. or, sorry, uh, yeah. sales, marketing, nothing. Right. And often people also do that with their own personal finances, right? Hey, I've got, you know, 15000 or $20,000 in the bank. I'm going to put it all in this because you know what? The bigger the risk I take, the better my business will turn out. But the reality is, you know, you've got to take calculated risks, like you yep. said before. It's like, you know, how much can you really afford to lose? It's it's a bit like, you know, when you go into the casino and you want to bet on on things, yep. but you've got to have you've got to set yourself a limit, right? Yeah. Um, well, and and you have to realize that you do still have to live. As much as entrepreneurs love right. to like grind it, bootstrap it, sure, you can reduce <laughs> yeah. your 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 level of expense. Absolutely. Don't get an office for sure. I'm I'm with you yeah. on all that. But the biggest thing is gonna be not having the money to even pay for yourself to live. Because you, you, as much yeah. as you're not making income from the company, because you can't, yeah. I would say first year you're not making money for yourself because yes. there is no money yeah. to be had. You need to survive for a year. <laughs> and a lot yes. of people don't put that in their calculation. You're totally correct. Yeah. Um, so in the, in the book, start right. I, I've kind of started reading it and I, I actually love everything you've said in there. I love the approach you're taking. So how did you come up with the approach? Because, because you do take a kind of a, you take that big step of like, here's where you, here's where you need to be. And then you can narrow it down slowly. So what, what exactly is your process and how do you see that in your head? Yeah, sure. So this is the book called yep. Start Right. How do yeah, we're gonna we're gonna idea. add that link as well for all the <laughs> listeners. So make sure you you see it in our. If you're watching YouTube, we'll have that link for you on Amazon or something like yeah. that for you. This might be revamped. I'm reworking on the cover a little bit, but um, it's essentially the book remains the same, right? And the book is called Start Right: How to Pick yeah. a Winning Business Idea and Make It Successful. And in this, I talk about a framework called the Three Pillars of Success, yeah. which is mindset, strategy, and execution. Yes. And every founder, every business needs these three key things, mindset, strategy, and execution. But you always and always start with the mindset because that is the most important thing when it comes to being an entrepreneur, being a founder, being a business owner. Your Ironically, that's is, the one skipped the most. Yes, it is. It is. Um, and so my second book is going to be set heavily on the mindset piece. And I'm doing a lot of Love research that. around that now because the more and more I work with entrepreneurs, the more and more I realize the strategy and the execution, like that has been done over and over again by so yep. many people. Like you can use, there's multiple ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. But if you're not in the right mindset as a founder, if you don't know where you're headed, you don't know what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and you don't you don't push yourself out of your boundaries to yeah. do it. That's where uh, a lot of the business failure happens. A lot of the personal failure happens, yep. right? And so mindset uh, the, is important. The the three things I always say to entrepreneurs is, and, and we do this in our workshop, is realize yeah. that this is not going to be easy because a lot of people, yeah. sometimes I, I realize uh, early on, a lot of startups will come into being an entrepreneur because they're just like, yeah, it's software. It's easy. It's, it's yeah. easy to be an entrepreneur. Okay. Well, <laughs> if yeah. it was, there wouldn't be a 90% failure rate. Yeah. And then the second thing I say is grit. Um, like yeah. you have to be able to um, push through the lows. You can enjoy yeah. the highs, but there's going to be a lot more lows than highs. So you got to have yeah. to have the, I guess, in your case, mindset to be able to push mm -hmm. through that. And then thirdly mm -hmm. is clear objectives they really don't have any it's it's like 
yes. like sometimes you talk to them and they're like, I just want to make this a billion dollar business. And you're just like, that's yes. not an objective. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the result of your objective if you achieve it. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the book, there's the two things that I spoke about earlier as well, you know, the, the you know, knowing what your customer needs and building for what your customer needs um, and financial management. Those are the two key things I tackle in the book as well, because I think, like I said before, if you know how to work through the two biggest reasons businesses fail, you're already on a good path. Right. So right. Um, this guide or this book is meant to be a guide, a roadmap. Um, to help people because a lot of times I hear people come to me a lot of times I hear founders come to me and you know just go full steam at their idea and like you know I've got this brilliant idea this yeah. I'm like okay so how many they people have you spoken to about your idea? yeah how many people have you spoken to um do you have any people who've said yes we love the idea They're like no 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 but this is common sense like this yeah. is logical it's gotta be it's gotta work out I'm like no it's not got to work out <laughs> yeah. you know you know what what's a good response to that because I get that all the time where people are like no it just makes sense it's like, hey, yeah. do you know how common common sense is? And they're like, not very yeah. common. I'm like, exactly. Neither does your sense, right? Yeah. You have to validate. I'm product. Uh, I don't. You can share this with your entrepreneurs, but we always tell them get a product advisory board. Just go to f yeah. find five customers willing to just join you in your adventure. You don't even have to charge them. Nothing like that. Just make yeah. sure that you're solving their problem, and then. That will yeah. solve itself. 100%. And I think the number of people that sit in their homes or in their offices and build things before they even speak to one customer, mm -hmm. I think that is, yeah. it's it's mind-blowing that, you know, there's a lot been told about that. There's a lot been said about that by so many people that, you know, hey, the first thing you need to do is you focus on your customer. Yeah. But I think it's how is where people struggle, right? How do yeah. we do that? How do we actually get out there and speak to people? And most people are scared of speaking to people. They're scared yeah, of getting out always. there and having the conversation. Because it's uh, it's their baby. It's uh, yeah. it's the fear of rejection, right? And that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's they don't want to be told, "Hey, I actually don't need this." Um, yeah. I agree with you. Like every time we start a project, the first thing we do is, "Hey, give me five or six people that are willing to pay for something like this." And we want them to be part of our team to like kind of work with us to build this out every time, yeah. every single time. Yeah. If the, if you can't yeah. even, and to be honest, most uh, most founders can't even get us the five, yeah. the five people. <laughs> like it's very yeah. like, you know what I mean? And that's a the, the validation. But that's why we always tell them and they get upset with us. And we're like, look, you can either make this a strategic plan and actually yeah. like build something that people want, or you're just going to make this a very expensive hobby. Yeah. And that's the thing, like I get people like a lot, a lot of times my mentees would ask me, they're like, hey, Sangeeta, so how many people? So, you know, this whole concept of customer discovery, getting out there and doing the customer discovery, talking to people and not talking about your product, not talking mm -hmm. about the solution, just understanding the problem. Um, and very often I get this question. So, so how many people do we need to speak to? I'm like, a hundred, a thousand. Like, more. it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. just just go get out there and talk to people, right? Yeah. And the more you talk to them, the more sense you will get for what works, what doesn't work, how it works, and you know things like that. Yeah. And don't worry about even building anything before you sell it, because that's the other piece that I'm a big fan of is selling before you build. Um, you know, will they, like will people buy yeah. it if even if it's an idea that solves the problem they have? If it's a real need in the market, people will pay you for it even before you've built anything. 
Um, yeah, and and, and I wrap my head around that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I I think with today's world though, there's so much, there's so many solutions of all sorts, and yeah, I'm I'm speci- specifically more talking like software, where like yeah. everyone gets approached for every idea now, and it's like, yeah. I think people have gotten burned because again, it's hard to make product. Product is not easy. Yes. A lot of people think yeah. software is easy. It's not. It's very challenging, and yeah. they'll get that payment, and then and then they don't deliver. Um, and you, you know, software development, like, oh, it'll be done in nine months. Uh, that's why my de- yeah. developers told me it's usually ends yeah. up with 12 months or 18 yeah, months, of yeah. <laughs> right? But if you can get someone to truly engage with the product, that's why we go with the product advisory board, because now you're building it with them. And when you yes. build it with them, they're giving you all their problems because they have nothing to lose, right? Yeah. It's just, and people love talking about themselves. So when they, when they, when they're talking and saying, yeah, like, Ooh, I like that, but like, you should add this. Cause that's not really that important for me. Boom. There's yeah. your, there's your roadmap. There's like a, yeah. you know, a concept of your roadmap and you will end up building something they'll pay for because they built it. They helped you build 100%. it. <laughs> 100%. Right. 100%. I think co-creation is the way to go. Right. And I think yeah. people often um, don't fully understand the power of that. But also to your point before, I think it's that fear of rejection of, you know, people saying, oh, but it's your business. Why should I help you build it? The honest truth is like people would love being part of something different, something new. Um, And just get out there and ask them, you know, if you feel like, hey, they're able to articulate the problem properly, you feel like, yep, this person's going to be valuable to help me building the product. I think 100% bring them on board is the way to go. Yeah, no. And, and how do you guys do it at Jumpstart Studios? So like you guys bring in, help entrepreneurs, get them kind of set up. What, what's the process you guys take? And w- actually not the process because, I mean, you can speak about process, but yeah. what do you guys find most important um, when starting a startup? Because I have, I have my f- top four things and I'll kind of share it with you. I'm just curious to hear what yours are because everybody kind of has yeah. a slight difference, right? Um, so when I started Jumpstart Studio, it was in the middle of the pandemic, it was in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. And it came out of the fact that I was doing a lot of pro bono coaching yeah. um, across many accelerator, pre-accelerator programs here in Melbourne. And I was just getting asked the same questions over and over again. I was getting approached by corporate professionals because I was in corporates before. Yep. I'd get approached and say, hey, Sangeeta, how did you do it? You know, we want to do it. Can you help us? Um, and that's really where the idea stemmed from for Jumpstart Studio. It was like, okay, let's let's sort of create this space where people can come in, share their ideas. We help them get out there and do market validation. So yeah. get out there, do your market validation, get your customer discovery in place, get all the information we need, and all those early stage things that you know people are scared to do, but need that need somebody to hold them accountable to do it yeah. as well. Um, and so that's really the biggest sort of uh, value offering is, you know, we hold them accountable to get out there and, you know, do the work that they need to do, the legwork that they need to do. And once they've sort of come back and then we sit down and do the the insights, do the analysis and say, hey, OK, this is now this is what it's shaping up to be. What do you think about this? And then we do the experimentation. We do prototyping, right. prototyping, all of that stuff. And we sort of have um, partners that we work with who are, you know, legal accounting, you know, all early the other access stuff kind of, yeah, okay, yeah, correct. So you know, setting up a business, setting you know things up for them. So um, that's really where 
Jumpstart Studio comes in. Um, and over the years, what I've learned is previously I would take on, you know, anybody who came to me with an exciting idea and I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, right. Because I was pretty early on my journey yeah. as well. But as time has gone by, I'm starting to do a lot more. Um, like you know, previously, I would just get them on early. And now it's more like, okay, let's do a four week thing where I will test if you really want to be an entrepreneur, because a lot of times people come in and they would say they want to be entrepreneurs. But to be honest, like it's not top priority in their life. And if it's no. not top priority for you, it's not, it, you know, don't expect it to be top priority for me. So it's um, funny you say that, Sangeeta, because that's literally every single angel's experience. When they when yeah. they first get into the space, they're like, oh, my God, every single new. Yes, yes. Like, let's go. Yeah. And then they yeah. slowly but surely learn, okay, I need to vet this a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, and, and it really does, at the end of the day, come down to the founders because sometimes founders are very good salespeople. Yes. And that's really what you yeah. want from them. But like sometimes they're yeah. like, they oversell themselves, which is the issue. Yes. Not the vision, but themselves. And then you kind of, yeah. you're like, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this guy. He, he's yeah. going to make it, he's going to cross the line. And then, you know, tough times they immediately abandon ship, right? Yeah. And I think like over the last, uh, in like four to six weeks, where what I've seen in the last few years is in the four to six weeks, I think is the sweet spot, right? Nice. I think if people can stay, stay, the, stay the course for four to six weeks, you know, really get double down on what I'm asking them to do. Um, and I can see that, like I work with so many founders all the time. I can see really clear differences between, you know, who I know is going to be a winning you know, founder versus somebody who I know is just not there. Like, can't Ooh, get, can't. okay. So, what is that? What What are you looking at? So, I'm looking. Or at is that your who, secret sauce? I'm just curious because that's a. You know, a... I mean, I don't. I don't think there are any secrets in the space, right? And I feel no. like you know, entrepreneurs <laughs> need to share with each other. But um, I think for me, it's very Hence clear. The like, <laughs> let, let, yeah. <laughs> so. The first thing is, I think, like I said, people need to double down, right? So if I yeah. tell them, hey, I want you to get out and do this, this, and this, and they come back to me a week later and they've done, Nothing. you know, more than that. They've done, oh, you know, okay. like gone out of the way. Like I say, okay, I need you to get 40 customer interviews um, in a week. And they come back to me, okay, Sangeeta, we've interviewed 150 people. I'm like, boom, yes, I like wow. you, right? You've done, the leg, you've done the legwork. I just need to see that people are committed to this more than I'm committed to this because it's their baby mm -hmm. after all. Right? Yeah. It's their business after yeah. all. You're helping them grow um, their, their vision. They should be working correct. harder than you. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely the first thing. This, the commitment piece is important yeah. to me. Um, the second piece that is super important to me is the fact that they don't rely on me for execution because that's not yeah. my job. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, my job is to hold you accountable and push you and show you the way to do it. Open the doors for you. Not if necessary. to do it. Not to do it for you. Um, yeah. And so for me, people who don't rely on me to do it for them, I think they're the most successful founders. Um, and I can like, you know, in my head, I'm already thinking of this is Lady Amy. This is Guy Mohammed. So all these guys, like I'm just sort of thinking of the common traits they have. And yeah. one of the biggest things for them is they they execute and they execute because they own it like this is ownership i love that. around what they do right interesting um and so that is important when it comes to business and the third thing i think um i would say is i think it's that grit piece that you spoke about yeah but it's more than the grit i think it is more about you know like they really want this to happen like there's this burning desire yeah, yeah. 
a passion, a burning desire to bring this to life. Like, and there's something driving it, right? And usually within the four to six weeks, I discover what that is. It could be a personal story. It could be something that's happened in their past. It could be something that's really impacted them in their personal lives. And so I feel like if people don't have that personal connection to the purpose, um, it becomes difficult. I, I so, could not agree more. I think you, you have the perfect recipe where you're trying to discover grit, right? The yeah. execution side, the, the you know, pa working past the four weeks or the six weeks. Yeah. To me, that's grit. That's you. You're pushing through because in six yeah. months or sorry, six weeks, even six months, you will see a ton of downfalls and highs and lows. So yes. you're right. Like if you can work through that, you're, you're, you're in it. Um, and then on the passion side, I could not agree more with you because I think passion is what actually it's so funny that you're saying this on this podcast because I just had a podcast, um, which is going to go before yours, which is going to yeah. be perfect. But I was literally telling her, she's a founder herself. And I literally told her, I said, the reason we believe in, I believe in you very much. And I believe that you're going to take it to the next level is your passion. You will not quit because this is your mission to solve this problem, Yeah. right? It has nothing to do with money. It's not like yeah. that's just something that's going to follow through with her. But yeah. the reason she does it is not because she can make X amount of dollars. She's doing it strictly because she loves caregivers or, you know, her, her business is regarding around caregivers. I love that. I, I could not agree more with you, uh, Sangeeta. So yeah. I appreciate you saying that. So I'll tell you what I look at. And yeah. and I'm kind of more general, I guess. You're you're very specific on the founder, which I love. Um, but yeah. when I'm looking at a business, because we get pitched all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing I'm looking at is is four things. One is, and I would love your opinion on on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one is um, timing of the product. Um, yes. Is the market ready for something like this? And that that comes down to the product advisory board and and just having yeah. customers. Two is the founder. And one thing I really appreciate about you is that being a founder is a very lonely world, right? Mm -hmm. And you're really trying to give them that guidance so that they're not alone. Because that, that is 90% of the problem I would say with founders is that they feel lonely because they don't, they have to figure out where they have to go themselves. They don't have guidance. They don't have that person to kind of just give them the, the next step yeah. or potential steps. Um, yeah. So I love that. And then thirdly is go to market strategy which I find is more important than the product itself, right? What do you think of that? Yeah, yeah I think, um, so once you pass the founder, like for me, the founder is super important, right? And so your number one is founder. Number one is founder. I love that. Um, and, then, and then there's like, there's this three T's philosophy, um, which is team, timing, yeah. and TAM, there right? You go. Okay. Um, and so it's similar to what you said, right? So it's exactly. you've got founder. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the team uh, and then you've got the timing which is exactly what you said like yeah. is the timing right for this product and that's once you, once you've sort of once i've sort of um vetted the founder yeah um then we start talking about the timing and sometimes they're too far ahead you know for yeah. for what the market is ready for at this point yeah. and that's okay but that doesn't mean that they need to stop uh what that means is they just need to pivot or they just need to sort of understand they need the to plan around it that's it and meet yeah. the market where they, where they are right so yeah. i think timing is all about strategizing around timing so a yes. lot of times people think oh timing is wrong it's too we're too early they're like yeah you may be too early for the full suite of things that you're doing but maybe this piece here 
can be monetized already yeah. right so don't don't um shy away and then the third thing is around the term or the size of the market so to your point around go to market strategy is yeah. like how do we then go to market what size is this market now um and then do we see that in you know five years time or ten years time this market size will increase yeah. where is it going to go and so the scalability aspect is important because that's where the timing the, the, the market comes in or the TAM comes in, right? Which is the total available market for those yep. who don't understand the terminology. Um, but it's just about saying how big is this market? How many people are willing to sort of pay to get this sort of problem solved? Yep. Um, and usually there's, um, you know, there are smaller markets, there are bigger markets and you can build businesses in any market. Like I'm not saying you can't, but it's the bigger the, the TAM, the more scalable your product and the more yes, scalable your product, the better you can expect to sort of, you know, think about if you want to be like the scalable business, then, you know, you need a big time. But if you just want to be a bit a small business and you're happy to, you know, scale to a certain level and then stay there, I think that's perfectly fine too. I think, you know, not every business needs to be global. Not every business needs to be scalable. Try telling that to founders. And it's it's kind of <laughs> ridiculous because there's like situations where, you know, you have founders or startups who have reached a level of like $32 million in ARR, right? Yeah, well. and, and and yeah, and, and they're doing amazing, like, but they just yeah. won't quit on the scaling. And so they yeah. overspend and overspend. And I'm like, yeah. if you can drop your, your, your monthly cost down to a million, which is a lot, by the way. Like if yeah. you were spending at a software level $12 million a year, like yeah. you have a solid team behind you. Yeah. If you drop it to that, you alone are making $12 million in, in net. Yeah. And but the that's not how they think. They're they're just pruned to think about growth at all costs. Like I gotta keep yeah. growing, otherwise I can't raise the capital. But then you're looking at them going, okay, your next raise is going to be a hundred million, but in five years, you'll be at a hundred million if you just cut costs. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. So I yeah. don't, I, I personally don't understand that. I think you're right. Yeah. I, it needs to be planned um, in terms of yeah. what is your game plan? Because it's not always about scale. Like sometimes yeah. TAM does not allow you to scale. You just have to realize that, you know, having a $32 million in revenue is a very good business yeah. and you don't need to spend so much. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I think like you know, there's this um, whole culture that has been created around scaling yes. um, and growth, especially yes. by these larger businesses like Facebook, Amazon, you know, Uber. All of them. People look at yeah, people look at them and go like, oh, "That's where I want to be. I want to be yeah. like Uber." But if you actually dig into their financials, these some of these Bad. Uber hasn't hasn't made a profit, <laughs> hasn't made a dollar in profit, right? Yeah. In the last very reliant years. on investor money, yeah. Very reliant. 100%. But the point is you're blowing up a lot of investment money, but your business is not profitable. And tomorrow, if the investment stops, you're done, you're done. for. Yep. Right? Um, what, what are your thoughts about investment right now in today's world? Because I think, in my, I have written about huh? this, I think the world of grow at all costs VC money is, is unless you're in AI, I think now they're jumping all, the, all their, that kind yes. of cash into AI. but. I, I think with software, you're going to have to show how can you be profitable at even series A or B. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just good practice for I any agree. founder to be profitable as early as you can. Right. Yeah. I just feel like 
um, there's a concept of Raman profitability that I talk about in my book, which is, which was coined by um, Y Combinator when, for Airbnb, right? Yeah. Um, when the founders of Airbnb were sort of, you know, getting to profitability in the early stages, there was this concept of Raman profitability coined, which, re which basically means that, you know, if you can feed yourself, you've got to be profitable enough to feed yourself. Even mm -hmm. if you're feeding yourself ramen, like instant noodles, that's good enough. But, but you're still yes, feeding. Yeah. Yes, that's right. You've got to be profitable, right? You're not eating from the investor's money. Yeah. Um, I think I net think zero is perfectly good strategy. Like if yes. you can keep your costs at the level of revenue, fine. Yeah. And you're growing, great. It makes sense. Great. But you shouldn't yeah. be a negative. 100% I'm with yes. you on that. Because you're yes. not always guaranteed to raise that next capital. And, yeah. and t right now, that is the issue. Right now, yes. those Series B, C, Ds can't raise their next round, which means yes. they have to cut costs. And then they're cutting costs in the weirdest spots too, which is like really hindering their growth. But, you know, yeah. I'm with you on 100%. that. 100%. And I think... I think one of the things that people don't like, I think we see again, we see money like there's two types, right? There's, there's smart money and there's dumb money. Yeah. Um, and there's money that, you know, there's people FOMO money about. too. Don't forget about FOMO money. FOMO money. The too. chasers. Yes, that too. The chasers. That's I call it. them the chasers. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, just being really smart about the kind of money you're taking from the market. Yeah. Like I'm a big fan of bootstrapping, right? hundred yeah. percent. Like you I feel I like both. the more you can bootstrap, the better your business because you get control you keep it all but people are fascinated by the fact that oh that you know my friend raised 10 million dollars or you know so and so raised 20 million i need to raise more money I need quick to raise cash money. schemes right yeah. yeah but the point is your business is not the same as their business um no. and your goals may not be the same as their goals and this is why you need a coach or you need somebody who can you know show you that big picture lens and show you hey you you know start talking about goals it's like when you go to a personal trainer or when you go to a fitness expert right the first thing they ask you is what is your goal what do you want to achieve right? i call and it you, the objective i hate calling yeah. it the goal because as soon as you say goal people instantly think smart goal like oh i have yeah. to like oh, no just what are you <laughs> trying to do what's your objective what are you trying to achieve Correct. that's all yes. i need to know you can make yeah. the other stuff happen you just need to know what yeah. where's your starting point where's your end point where you don't want to be that that's yeah, it good. Excellent. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like, if you don't know where you're going, you will just follow the, again, like I said, you know, conditioning happens because of what we see around us and, you know, people, the society or the environment we're in conditions us and condition yeah. and defines our success. But you've got to stop that from happening as an entrepreneur. You've got to define your own success and be happy with it. It doesn't yeah. matter what other businesses are doing. Like, you know, stop looking at what other businesses are doing. I think what you've got to look at is, what do I want to achieve for my business and draw your own sort of, you know, objective, draw your own success story and say, if I make $32 million in ARR, I'm successful, yeah. you know, and that's, that's good enough for me. You don't have to be at a billion dollars. You no. don't. Um, no. And I think that's, you really don't. that's the thing. Because you can yeah. live a wonderful life if you're making $20 yeah. million in net every year. A yeah. lot wonderful. Like you, you can even do 10 million and you will still yes. do beautifully in life yeah. and i think I, I you're right it it comes down to the fact that everyone looks at software like i have to scale it as large as possible and mm. what people don't realize is you can be fifth in the market you can be sixth in the market the food delivery business is the tam is billions of dollars um, i would say hundreds of billions 
And, you know, you have businesses that are worth billions, but they're fifth, sixth place, right? They're not the Ubers, they're not the DoorDashes, but they have huge mark. They have some market share, but they're still worth billion. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Like you don't have to be number one anymore. I think the yeah. the fact that the society has adopted technology after COVID specifically, mm. you can be fifth and still be very successful. And yeah. you're right. Getting that mindset out of your head that I have to be number one, I have to be the biggest. It yeah. just sometimes doesn't make sense. And if you can do it, do it, but do it with net zero. Don't do yeah. it with negative, negative income. Yeah. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, one of the things I ask a lot of the founders that come to me and say, we want to be number one, you know, in this market or whatever. I'm like, and then what? Yeah. You know, once, you, once you're number then one. Then you turn crazy. What, what happens, right? Yeah. Um, tell me what happens. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I think this came from a very personal realization because I was on a talent program in one of the corporates here in, at a bank. And it was, it was a pathway to becoming CEO of the bank here. Um, and so I was on that program and I was climbing the corporate ladder quite quickly. And for me, at some point in my life, you know, when I took that pivot and started going into entrepreneurship, I think the question I asked myself was exactly that was, okay, so even if I become the CEO of this bank, so what? You know, yeah. what happens next? What? Yeah. Right. There's this. Where's whole, the fulfillment? This, where is the fulfillment? But also it's like, you know, there's a goalpost that's been set and then you're just working towards the goalpost. But once you reach the goal, what happens next? Yeah. Um, you no can't one go plans any higher, that. Right? You can't go any higher. So you're probably going to have to come down or yeah. you're going to have to just stay there and be happy with staying there. But if you've been conditioned to keep climbing all the time, are you going to be happy there? Yeah, probably um, not. And that, yeah. that typically happens a lot, right? With the founders is they'll set a goal, yeah. they'll achieve it. And they're like, okay, well, next. And, and next. there's never full fulfillment. You never reach yeah. the point of, oh, I'm done. That was great. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I wanted to do. Now I'm going to focus on my family or focus yes. on my, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And they do not take that time to really enjoy their successes. You're, you're beyond correct on that. I yes. love that you say that. Um, and that's how I can tell you and you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, by the way, because that, that's yeah. exactly the, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Singita, uh, we've, been, we've been chatting for 40 minutes which is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I just looked at it. I was like, oh my God. So I usually the podcast are 30 minutes. So uh, talking yeah. with you is just natural. Amazing. Um, really appreciate it. Is there any advice you could give entrepreneurs? Like if you were to meet an entrepreneur tomorrow and he says, look, I just want one piece of advice, the do's and the don'ts, what would you say to him or her? Ooh, that's, the person. That's tricky. <laughs> yeah, the person. Um, that's tricky because it depends on where they are on their journey, right? But if there's one generic advice, um, if anything, I would say it's, you know, f focus on yourself. Like, you know, don't, yeah. don't worry about what's around you. Um, think about what you want and go after that. Um, I think one of the biggest things that for me personally is, you know, having done the corporate lifestyle, the startup lifestyle and working with different startup founders, I think one of the biggest things that we take for granted is our health. Um, yes. And you touched on that a little earlier as well in terms of, you know, taking care of your family and things like that. And I think really understanding what's important to you, um, you know, is, is the first step is, you know, is my family, what's my key priorities at family? Is it my health? Is it, you know, um, you know, my spouse, like whoever it may be, like, you know, just have a very clear priority list 
Um, and if your business and startup sits on the third or the fourth priority after family, after your health, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and just remember that, you know, that's where it sits. Um, so every now and again, as an entrepreneur, the, the first thing that I do, I do this very often is if on a Wednesday, I don't want to do any work, I just shut don't. everything and I say, that's yeah. it. I'm not, I'm not responding to people. Nothing will happen. You know, if you take time off work for yeah. a day or two, the world still turns around. You'll come back and you'll still have emails in your inbox to respond. It to. never ends. Still have it never ends. It never so ends. So you, you've got to make sure you prioritize yourself first. So it's funny um, you say that um, with the health thing. I just want to chime in one little second here. Yes. With it's it's we as entrepreneurs, we sacrifice our health to be entrepreneurs yes. only yes. to use the money we made from being an entrepreneur to heal all the pain we cause. <laughs> whether it be family whether it be divorce whether it be whatever you want to call it but sometimes we get a little tunnel vision and really ignore everything else and i i agree with you i think you need to know okay when to shut down when to just let it be like if your wife is getting agitated with you because you haven't spent time with them drop everything you got because that wife is going to be expensive in the next couple of years that you know maybe a divorce happens or something like that so i'm with you on that and, and it never ends. Yeah. You're right. Don't don't yeah. ever try to be net. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think also like, you know, you've got to understand that if you're not healthy, your business is not healthy. No, I agree. Um, yeah. Right. So I think that if there's one sort of line that I would like to leave you with is, you know, to, to build a healthy business, you need to have a healthy mind and a healthy body. And so Agreed. focus on that first. Agreed. And you'll see those people who are very conscious of their mental and their physical health. And they can outlast any entrepreneur that ignores all those. Outlast. That's the key is consistency. You can be better than that person for three or four months. But guess what? After the four months, you're going to be so burnt out. You're going to be useless for a month or two. Whereas he's just going to be consistently good. Uh, Consistency is the key. I love it. Singita, thank you so much for being here on our podcast. I really appreciate you being here. All the way from Australia. Um, and right now it's morning, nighttime. What, what is it for you guys? Yeah, it's about 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Okay, all right. That's not too bad. <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us Thank and you. giving all the insight you had um, on your uh, experience. Also, for sharing what's in Start Right. Do you want to hold the copy again just so everybody can see it? Um, again, she wrote the book on Start Right that helps you guide and helps you and guides you from how to approach startup. And I think, Sangeeta, that's one thing most people miss. So I appreciate you writing that book. Anything to help the community, I'm always in. And uh, we'll definitely post that on our Discord as well um, and kind of blast it with it. So um, hopefully some people take, uh, take away what they can from your book. Thank you, Seth. I really enjoyed the conversation. Of course. Thank you so much. (laughs) And to everybody else uh, at the Founders Corner, thank you guys for joining and uh, chiming in and listening to Sangeeta and I speak. Um, If you have any comments, thoughts, please leave them in comments below. We'd love to listen to what you guys have to say. If you guys have a question for Sangeeta, please let it uh, be in the comments and we'll definitely push it towards her and she can uh, answer it in any way she can. Otherwise, until next time, subscribe. Uh, like and share with whoever you think would uh, take some advantage from this video. Until next time, quarter out.